Praise the Lord, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. God is good. Thankful for the opportunity, amen, to be teaching tonight. Looking forward to this, amen. Thankful for pastors' trust and the opportunity he gives those of us. We have a lot of well-abled ministers in this church. Can I get an amen to that? Do a great job. Appreciate what everyone does, amen, for this church. I'm going to read to you from 1 John chapter 2, amen. You can remain seated. I know you all jumped up there for the reading of the word, but you can remain seated. A little bit of a lengthy reading, amen. Looking forward to this. To be honest with you, uh, I have been preparing something for a couple of months, and everybody says, oh my. I've been preparing something for a couple of months, amen, because I had a feeling that, you know, just as time goes along that I might get an opportunity at the first of the year, have been working on something, amen, and Monday night as I was attempting to prepare that, I felt the Lord switch directions a little bit and move me on to something else, and uh, the only thing that I can commit to you, I don't ever commit to you that I will preach good, but one thing I promise you this is I will pray and I will seek the face of the Lord, and if he moves me in a direction, I try to go in that direction, amen? So that that I can commit to you. May not do. I may only string a couple of sentences together tonight, amen, but I promise that I have studied and I have sought the will of God, amen, and I felt an anointing, amen, when preparing this. I believe that the Lord is going to speak to us tonight, amen? 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Can I get an amen to that? Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Amen. If you don't know this, that word Christ, amen, means the anointed one. So you could read that as uh, those that deny that Jesus is the anointed one. Not one of the anointed ones. He is the anointed one. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. I want you to remember that. Heard from the beginning. Heard what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he promises us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're thankful. God, for your power and your love, so thankful for your word, your anointing, and your truth. We ask you, God, that you would touch each heart, each mind, that you would inspire us today and draw us closer to you. And everybody said, amen. 
don't know anyone, amen, that has maybe read more than three scriptures or that can look around in the hours that we live in that would deny that we live in the last days. Amen? In fact, a friend of mine that I work with and a co-worker of mine said that he just happened to, he happened to be connected to someone that posted the other day a couple of scriptures. And he said, while this man is a believer, he is not someone that I would say studies the scriptures or, or anything like that, or I don't even know, to be honest with you, if he owns a Bible. But he said, reading those scriptures, and it was in the final chapters of the book of Matthew, and it was talking about when the last days will come, amen. And he said, I don't know how anybody can read those scriptures and look around and not know that it's right there in plain sight. Folks, this isn't someone that's apostolic. It's not even someone, as far as I know, that has a salvation experience that's anywhere close to biblical. Amen. But it's an individual that says, you can read those words and look around and know that these are the last days. Do you believe that? This age that we live in, amen, many people try to label and they will try to title it, amen. The world would tell you that, and they are proud, praise the Lord, that we are in the information age, praise God. That through various forms, and you know that they are all out there, various forms of media, we have all kinds of information at our fingertips, amen. It's not hard to research just about any subject or look into just about anything. In fact, was with some folks the other night fellowshipping and we were talking about something and we kept kicking around like we couldn't figure it out and all of a sudden I just said, can somebody just not Google that? Amen. It, information is right there. Amen. We can be educated, if you will, or at least informed or look into just about anything these days. Information is easy to come by, but whether it is true or false is not so easy. Amen. It's difficult to decipher and to know just by reading and looking at the information presented and the pages in front of your face, whether they be on a screen or on paper. Amen. It's hard to decipher sometimes, is this factual or is it false? Can I get an amen? If I were going to label and title this age or this era that you and I are living in, praise the Lord, I would not just call it the information age, but we have to look at everything, Brother Lee, from its spiritual status, amen, and we are living in an age, amen, that is distracted and deceptive. Man. We are living in an age, amen, where the, the things that are readily available to us, praise God, when we look into them, amen, it would be easy to become distracted or deceived. We have to be careful. We have to be watchful. We have to be prayerful, amen, in everything that we partake in. We have to watch our thoughts. We have to watch our, amen, entertainment. We have to watch what kind of things we put before our eyes, amen, because in this day and hour, it's, it's easy to be deceived and it's easy to be distracted. Can I get an amen? Know this, that the voices that are out there, and this is what I felt the Lord, amen, quickened me, was to use the word voices. The voices that are out there, they are convincing. 
Amen. David said in Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. In our scriptures, in the opening context, amen, we, I mentioned to you that that you learned from the beginning. If you don't hear anything else tonight, and I've got a few other things to say, if you don't hear anything else tonight, and I want the young people to listen to me as well, amen, very closely. If you don't hear anything else, if something comes to you, if you start hearing a voice or somebody starts suggesting or something starts happening that you know from the beginning was wrong or an error or a sin, amen, or deceiving, and all of a sudden it starts to make sense, or you start to believe it, or people start to convince you. You have to stand strong in this hour of deception. Amen? It's something coming to discourage you. It's something to deceive you. It's something to distract you. You have to listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I want you to notice what David did not say. He did not say, Thy word have I memorized so that I can quote to all that will hear me. I'm not against memorizing scriptures. In fact, I'm for it. I wish I was better at it. Amen. I wish that I could quote the Bible like some of these guys do. You know, Mike Williams, that guy will rattle off an entire chapter. And I even heard him, I even heard Mike Williams quote an entire chapter that was genealogies. I mean, I don't want to read that, let alone memorize that. Can I just get, get real with you? I don't even want to read it, let alone memorize it. And that brother would quote that whole book, the whole chapter. It's amazing. But David wasn't just talking about reading. He wasn't just talking about memorizing. He wasn't just talking about setting it to, amen, his memory so that he could quote it or so that he could impress people. David said, your word have I hid in my heart so that I won't sin against you. Listen to me. David was saying, amen, that I'm going to make it a point that it's not just in my mind, but that it's in my heart that I'm going to commit it to my heart. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to get intimate with your word, God. I'm going to know your word in a personal way for my own benefit. I'm going to benefit from having your word in my heart. Why? It's so important that you and I, we, we have got to get a, a, a new grasp, amen, on an old thing, that a Christian life is absolutely essential and should be founded upon two things, prayer and the word of God, amen. Programs are great, amen. Great preachers are great. If, if somebody gets up and they can tell you what the manger was made out of or what kind of leather Jesus had in his sandals, that's fantastic and that's impressive. But if you want to walk with God, it's going to start and end with prayer and with the word of God. And here's what David was saying. I'm going to know your word because I'm going to know you. If you want to know God, you've got to know his word. I'm not talking about memorizing it. I'm not talking about being able to quote chapter and verse but when you get in his word the more you read it the more you study it the more you quote it the more you dwell upon it the more you meditate on it I'm here to tell you the more you know God and when you walk into some situations when you get involved in some circumstances the character of God pours off of those pages into your heart and you can tell without being able to quote verse and chapter amen you can tell 
tell if something isn't of God or if it's a deception or amen if it's a distraction why that word will quicken you because it's God himself it's his character that's in your heart it's his personality amen that's in your spirit it bleeds into your thoughts and your intentions and your goals hallelujah and something starts to radiate from you and a beacon will go off when your enemy the devil comes to steal kill and destroy all of a sudden out of nowhere his word will grab your heart it'll grab your mind it'll grab your thoughts and if you'll give yourself to it praise God it'll keep you from sinning on God hallelujah it will keep you in this last day Prayer, amen, develops, praise God, a healthy relationship with Him, amen. It's an open line of communication. It becomes a status, amen, that allows us to become familiar with God's voice, His urgings, His desire, and His will, amen. It develops that healthy relationship that helps us to understand and know the mind of God, hallelujah. What do I mean? If you're driving down the road and something starts to bother you and you start to pray that open line of communication the more you do that the more often you do it for everything that you encounter in life not just the bad but the good I'm talking about that prayer without ceasing amen that open line of communication I'm here to tell you the more you practice prayer the more you get God involved in even the little details of your life the more you get God involved in your thoughts and your intentions your goals your relationships the more you get him involved and open the door and let him in I'm here to tell you this you'll get familiar with his voice and he's already familiar with your voice hallelujah but when you begin to pray and you make a lifestyle of it and you make a relationship out of it I'm here to tell you there'll be those moments where you'll stop and you won't understand why something just happened or something just stopped you but you'll know that God was trying to tell you something God was trying to pull back the reins God was trying to suggest chest and move and motivate and keep you hallelujah that prayer life if you'll set yourself and stand amen and and get established in prayer with God that open communication I'm here to tell you that God will whisper to you when the lies come God will whisper to you when the deceiver comes God will listen to you when something is trying amen to trip you up and he will mention to you and speak to you and quicken you amen reading the word of God when we go through scriptures and we see how God deals with the patriarchs and the matriarchs of faith amen when we go down through the corridors of scripture and we read how the holy one amen responded to his people we begin to establish amen the character of God in our life when we are in scripture amen and we see the things that anger him and they stir him praise God to to raise his hand of judgment when we read scripture and we allow the scriptures amen to teach to us hallelujah what moves him with compassion when we look into the word of God and we let it establish to us what is biblical love amen what is biblical mercy what is biblical hallelujah grace amen and patience when we look through scripture and we allow that to resonate in our heart and we allow it, amen, to to get a firm foundation in our life, amen. It helps us when those times come that are deceptive to us and we can recognize, amen, we may not know scripture and verse, we 
may not know why something is wrong, but something just doesn't feel right. You know why? Because we recognize God. We know what God is about. We know how he feels. We know what his desires are. We know what motivates and inspires and his, amen, what, what drives him, amen, because we establish it in his word. So we may come across something and we may not know and we may not understand, but the word of God that's in us will quicken us and stop us, amen, because we know the character and the personality of our God. Amen? Amen. The combination of two, the two, prayer and the word of God, they bring a healthy bride and groom relationship that God has designed and you and I should desire. Amen? So in this hour, I, I want to bring to your attention just a little bit. I know it's already late. It's 1139. I want to bring to your attention something that I felt impressed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Concerning the voices of this, these last days. Because there, it, it is voices, amen, that we will hear. It's the voice of our enemy that will come and attempt to trip us up. The first one I want to talk to you about is in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 8, amen. And the ones I want to talk to you about are the three voices, the one voice that will bring doubt to the validity of the, validity of the word of God, the questioning of the essentials in times of emptiness, and a false sense that times and circumstances have changed, so I'll just decide what is right for me. These are three very, very dangerous, amen, attitudes that we find in this last hour, amen. Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 8, and they heard the sound. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm reading here because I'm going to read some specific things. And they heard the sound of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves, say they both hid, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, then the Lord called to Adam, say Adam, and said to him, where are you? Verse 10. I want you to look at verse 10. If they don't have it up there, I want you to look at it in your Bible. So he said, here's Adam's response. He said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. The Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, I'm going to be careful here because I don't want to make a doctrine out of anything. Amen. And I'm careful not to do that. But I'm going to be honest with you. This may not be completely hermeneutical, amen. This may not be completely accurate, but it is certainly uh, an interesting observation that I want to make here. I notice in verse 10 that when God comes walking in the garden, amen, we know that in that moment Adam and Eve have failed. They have, they have tasted of the tree that they're not supposed to. And when God walks into that garden that day, when he walks in there, they are both hiding from him. Can I get an amen on that? But when God calls, he calls for Adam. And Adam steps out, amen, from hiding, 
And he answers and said, I heard your voice. I was afraid. I was naked. I hid myself. And it makes me wonder, Brother Lee, I'm just wondering. This is just an observation. I might be corrected later. It's fair to wonder things. I just wonder if it was commonplace for Eve to not be present when God came walking in the garden to talk with Adam. Is that fair? He just addressed Adam. He doesn't even ask where Eve is. He's not even looking for her at this point. Adam steps out and says, I heard you coming. I'm naked. I hid myself. I was afraid. Amen? I wonder if it was commonplace that Eve, during those meetings, amen, just left the walk up to her head. Just left the conversation to be between God and Adam himself. I wonder if it was commonplace. I'm just wondering here. I'm not saying. I'm just wondering here. I wonder if it was common that Eve found herself on the outskirts of the garden checking out the other trees, seeing if they were good for food, examining, amen, the other parts of the garden, looking around and, and deciding for, her, for herself what would happen. I wonder what it was. Because when we find Eve being deceived by the serpent, we don't hear, amen, that Adam is anywhere around in that moment either. She has to call for him and give him the fruit that she has already tasted of. I wonder if it was commonplace that she left Adam to walk with God by himself. I wonder if she found herself out there by herself very often, amen, looking around, examining, wondering, and you and I know eventually it turned into wandering. She found herself near a tree that she has been told, don't eat of that tree. That one is forbidden. You cannot taste of that fruit. Don't eat that tree, and here's the problem. When the serpent starts talking to Eve, amen, he finds somebody that has gotten herself out there by herself, amen. And when he starts to question the word of God, when he says to her, hath God really said, amen, the problem that Eve makes, amen, is she doesn't just quote the word of God. She doesn't just, uh, amen, tell him what she is supposed to be doing, amen, or not supposed to be doing. But she says to him, no, we're not supposed to eat it, amen, but we're not even supposed to touch it. There's not just, it's not just a problem in the word of God when we subtract from scripture, but there's a problem when we add to it as well. Can I get an Amen. Because if you go back in the other scriptures, in chapter 2 and early in chapter 3, you'll find that when God said, all he said was, don't eat of the tree. He never said, don't touch it. I wonder if it was commonplace, amen, for Eve to find herself out there all alone, deciding for herself what she would do and what she wouldn't do. Child of God, Christian, your walk with God 
is absolutely essential in this last hour, amen, that you are not out there just tasting of things, that you are not out there just trying them on your own, that you are not out there, amen, just plucking fruit out of trees and examining it and deciding if it's right or if it's wrong, amen. You can find everything that you need, right or wrong, right here in these holy scriptures, amen. Can I suggest to you that you need to submit yourself, amen, to the authority of the word of God and the man of God? Can I tell you that you've got to draw yourself close to your head Amen. That is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Don't leave your walk up to somebody else. Don't leave the meeting up to somebody else. Amen. Don't be out there just trying things. Don't be out there deciding for yourself if it's right or wrong. I'm here to tell you your walk with God is up to you and, and it's not up to anybody else. Amen. You have got to establish for yourself. Amen. A relationship and a walk with God. The problem is, amen, that the serpent found her there and he found, amen, in her response that she could not possibly know the word of God she could not possibly have that relationship amen that she needed to stay out of trouble amen and when she began to examine it it began to make sense amen when she began to look at that fruit that forbidden fruit she began to notice that it was pleasing to the eyes she noticed that it would even be good for the nourishment of the body amen that's what we Christians start to do when we wander out there and we start studying things that we ought not be studying things that we heard from the beginning amen when we start to get involved in stuff that we've been told from the beginning don't touch it we've been told from the beginning don't get involved in it we've been told from the beginning you've got to refrain and restrain and stay out of it hallelujah you know why because when you get out there I told you already the voices are convincing I'm here to tell you they're subtle amen the differences won't make sense to you and you'll look at that fruit you'll look at that thing and you'll be convinced, amen, you'll be persuaded, hallelujah, that there's something good that you could glean from it. It's a lie and it's a deception, hallelujah. It's a distraction, praise God, and the pathway that it leads is to one of hell. Amen? Amen. Stay, praise God. I wonder what would have happened differently, amen. I see, I just wonder too much stuff. I wonder what would have happened differently if Eve, amen, when she grabbed that fruit and the devil said, hath God really said, if she would have dropped that and said, Adam, Adam, and had run to him and gotten back underneath her head, amen, maybe she would have found God walking with Adam that day and they could have stormed over to that tree where that serpent was, amen, and they could have smashed him to death that day, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you praise God if you get involved in something if you start to see something if in your midnight hour hallelujah the enemy starts to cloud your brain I want to tell you that you need to call amen not to the first Adam but to the second Adam you know why you've been promised it's been prophesied that his heel would bruise the head of the serpent hallelujah I'm here to tell you if you're laying in your bed if you're visiting with friends if you're surfing the internet and that deceiver comes, if that supplanter comes hallelujah, call to God in that hour don't hesitate, amen I heard one pastor say, drop that thing and run I don't know what to do with it, then just run away from it, hallelujah and run back to God 
and find yourself on your knees and find yourself in his word and find yourself, amen, maybe with the man of God, amen, that can lead you and help you and direct you, amen. But get away, run away, hallelujah, far from, amen, that lie and that false, amen, deception. Can I get an amen? The account of Genesis isn't placed here, amen, just to let us know, amen, that deception is inevitable. We've got to learn a lesson from it. Amen? We have to learn a lesson from it. That when we get out there on our own, we're not safe. When we get out there handling things that we think we can handle. Amen? Anybody ever said, I, I can handle it? When we get out there and we start handling things that we were told from the beginning. We start handling things that we think we can handle, amen. We're on a short road, amen, to deception. Amen? Let me move on. Voice number two. These next couple are real brief. I'll have you out before New Year. Esau is an interesting story. I want you to notice some things, some details, amen, that I pull out of Esau. Esau returns, amen. How many is familiar with the story of Esau, Jacob and Esau? Okay, good. If you're not familiar with it, see some of these hands that are raised after church. They'll help you out. Esau comes back from the field. He's empty, he's hungry, and he's depleted. Amen. When he comes back, I want you to understand about Esau. Esau was known for being a hunter. He wasn't like you and I, Brother Lee. <laughs> he was a hunter. <laughs> My hunting these days pretty much is going to schnooks, picking out a steak. That's about the hunting that I do anymore. Esau was a real hunter. I mean, he was known for it. He was all hairy and everything. Built-in camouflage, I guess. Esau, I want you to think about Esau. Esau's skills, Brother Harpole, is hunting. That's what he's skilled at. That's what he's known for. That's what he's good at. Esau comes back to camp, and this guy's been on some kind of excursion that's got him spent. He's out of the dried goods. He's out, he must be out of everything because he's spent. And when he gets back to camp, He's hungry. I want you to think about his mentality here. He's hungry. He's spent. He's disappointed. He's discouraged. There may even be an element there, although most hunters and fishermen know you don't always come back successful. But when you're real, real good like Esau was, you're probably a little bit discouraged and feel a little bit like you failed. Brother Don, you ever spend a... Never mind, I was going to say a bunch of money. I know you haven't ever spent a bunch of money on hunting. But you ever spend a bunch of money and you're not successful? And you kind of feel like, oh, I just, I just wasted a whole bunch of money on that trip. You, you kind of feel like a failure. Now watch this. The venison that he prepares is also his daddy's favorite meal. You ever think about that? So Esau comes back. He's discouraged. He's disappointed. For all intents and purposes, he, Brother Marks, he has failed. He's hungry, he's empty, and he's let dad down. That's a dangerous place 
for a child of God to be. Because wouldn't you know who's sitting at the campfire waiting for him to get into town? Jacob. What's his name mean? The deceiver, the supplanter, the supplanter, the trickster. Jacob is sitting by the fire. Watch this. Esau walks into camp. He's in a bad way. Can you raise your hand and be honest and say you've been disappointed before? Discouraged? Hurt? Injured? Hungry? Empty? Disappointed? Anybody? All right. A couple Wednesday night nods. A little Wednesday night wave. Good. You ever feel like you're disappointed? God? If I wouldn't hold a microphone, I might raise the other hand. <laughs> Can I get my toes? I might pull a hammy. That's a bad place. That's a dangerous place for a child of God to be. Is it not? Man, if you think the enemy doesn't see that and come slip right up next to you and sit down, and he's got a plan. He's the supplanter. He's the deceiver. He's the trickster. He's got a plot and a plan. He knows this is the moment. If I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him right here. If I'm going to get him, this is my moment. And Esau comes in to the point where the Bible tells us that he walks into town and he says, if I don't get something now, I'm going to die. Desperation now. He's desperate. If something doesn't happen, this is it for me. If something doesn't come soon, I'm done. Can I get another Wednesday night wave? Come on. It's in those moments and in those hours, we have got to have a storehouse built up with prayers circling the throne for us. Those days are coming. They're coming. Every child of God will feel them. And it's in that day and in that hour that you had better have his word in your heart and you had better have some prayers stored up circling the throne. You know why? Because I can guarantee you this. When you're empty, when you're hungry, when you're hurting, when you're disappointed, when you feel like a failure, when you feel like you've let daddy down, hallelujah, I'm here to tell you, the supplanter and the deceiver will crawl right up next to you and tell you that nothing that you ever had before, that nothing you ever believed before, that nothing that you currently own is essential. I'm here to tell you there's a voice in this last hour that wants to tell the child of God that there is not an essential doctrine that there is not a way to be saved amen that is biblical but I'm here to tell you I don't care how bad you're hurting I don't care I know it doesn't matter how empty you are it doesn't matter how big you failed I'm here to tell you there is a truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ there is a way hallelujah that you must be saved there is an essential doctrine of the Holy Ghost and baptism and repentance hallelujah that we have been told from the beginning and we can't allow in this hour no matter what we go through no matter what we've done no matter where we failed, that we can allow ourselves to be convinced that none of those things matter anymore God is the same yesterday today 
and forever. If you have any kind of study life, if you read any form of scriptures, you know that his character does not change, that his holiness does not weaken with the New Testament. Hallelujah. That his, hallelujah, calling us out from among them, praise God, does not get watered down because all of a sudden he died on a cross. Amen. If anything, we ought to be holy because he is holy. Hallelujah. We ought to be set aside because he set us aside. Hallelujah. We cannot allow ourselves in this day and hour to subtract from, add to, hallelujah, or make unessential anything that the word of God has told us is essential. The word of God. Amen? Not our opinions, amen. Not, amen, just our upbringing. Not our religion, hallelujah. I'm talking about the scriptures in the pages of the book. Amen? That matters, praise God. You're going to have weak times. You're going to be hurt. You're going to feel emptiness. You're going to feel discouragement, disappointment, and you're going to feel like a failure sometimes. Don't allow that to let you sabotage your walk with God. Amen? Amen. King Saul, voice number three, King Saul. Amen. You know the story. Praise the Lord. God spoke to King Saul, and he told him, you need to go down to the Amalekites. How many is familiar with this one? King Saul, go down to the Amalekites, and I want you to utterly destroy them. I want you to wipe the king out. I want you to wipe the men and women out. I want you to wipe the children out. And if you see any little animals crawling around, if one of them has a pet lizard, I want you to destroy the Amalekites. I want you to utterly end this enemy. Amen? And Saul gets down there. And Saul, amen, storms in. And Saul, praise God, does most of what he was told to do. Remember we're talking about what you heard from the beginning? The word of God. He was given a word from God. Get rid of your enemy. Don't let him survive. Squash him out. Extinguish him. Exterminate them. Get done with them. Amen. Don't give them place. And Saul, amen, went down there and he decided, I'm going to spare the king and I'm going to keep the best animals. This was a man, amen, that was anointed king, praise the Lord, that should not have been anointed king. He didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. By his own, amen, standard, praise God. He said, I'm just, I'm small. I'm from the smallest tribe. I don't know what's going on. But the people cried and they wanted a king. So God gave them a king, which really wasn't his plan, amen. But he gave them one anyway. And this guy, amen, gets in the middle of this thing. And then here comes Samuel. And Samuel walks in and looks around. And Samuel sees the king sitting there. And Samuel says, I hear the bleeding of sheep. Amen. I hear them back there uh, uh, doing what sheep do. Amen. I was almost going to imitate it, but I thought that would ruin the moment. Amen. They, 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 he said, I can hear the sheep in the background doing sheep things. Amen. What is going 
on Saul. And he said, I decided that there was a benefit, amen, for keeping this king. Maybe we can align with him. And I don't know what all his purpose and, amen, reasoning was for. And he said, and you know what? Then we're going to take these sheep, amen, and we kept the best of them. And we're going to sacrifice. And all of a sudden, all of the things that he was claiming he was going to do, he had done it for the benefit of the kingdom. And he had, all of a sudden, he's claiming, amen, as the king, I decided, amen, that I'm going to do this for the Lord. We're going to sacrifice to him. I made a decision as an authority. Can I tell you this? That you will never be in a position where you can thwart the the sovereignty of God or of the word of God. Amen. There will never be a day and an age. What Saul was saying, amen, is I know that's what he said back there. Amen. But all of a sudden times and circumstances have changed and here we are in the middle of the fight and I just had to make a decision. I just had to, to do it. And you know what? I felt like I had the authority to do it because I'm just in that place where I can make those decisions. I'm here to tell you, amen, if the word of God says it, you've got to do it. If it says don't do it, you've got to not do it, amen. I'm here to tell you, praise God, line upon line, precept upon precept, amen. The word of God is the authority, amen. Time and circumstances do not change that, amen. The word of God that was, amen, given to us all of these thousands of years ago, It does not weaken because it's 2020. It does not get watered down, amen, because the world gets darker and it gets dim, amen, and it gets more evil, hallelujah. If anything, the light of the word of God that is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet, it burns brighter, amen, in this dark age. And we've got to keep it lit and we've got to keep it trimmed and we've got to keep it, amen, proper, praise God. That third voice In these last days says, the word of God is not relevant to our hour. That is a lie from hell. So much of a lie that somebody without the Holy Ghost can read a few scriptures and say, how do we not know what's going on? It's right there. Somebody with not a spiritual bone in their body can say, How is everybody missing that? It says it right there. The word of God is more relevant, amen. It's more applicable than we could ever imagine in this day and hour. It is not antiquated. The word of God is living and it's alive. Oh, hallelujah. you out of here before midnight I will get you out of here before you there. everybody smile John chapter 15 let me read this to you and I'll let you go John chapter 15 beginning with verse 1 I am the true vine now this is in the red letters amen as we learned Sunday night that means Jesus is speaking I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit He takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, say abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, 
and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, say his word, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you these things. I command you that you love one another. I gave you three examples of the problem of not having a prayer life and not being in the Word of God. I just read to you the benefits and the rewards of abiding in the truth. It is absolutely essential that we abide and stay and follow the truth. You don't get to define what the truth is can find the truth in the word of God and you can find it in a relationship with him Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life in these last days amen the only hope we have against deception is if we abide in him and he abides in us let's stand to our feet